if you love a brand, you also love the feeling of belonging to that brand community. You want others to know you're part of the brand, and you're even happy to pay for the privilege of wearing their logo on your clothes. You are, in effect, a human billboard for them. And whilst you may do it for your own company, as well as with some printed apparel, is someone going to feel the same way about your real estate investing brand and wear a shirt with your logo and phone number on it? We're not Nike. We're not Lululemon, right? There, if you're those company, people are proud to wear your logo. But if you are in the real estate industry or in most of the industry, people don't want a oversized logo of a company that says your phone number on the back. It's just <laughs> difficult. And it's not only the shirt or the cap. Think about the pen you're given at a networking event. Or you go to the conference or trade show where we run around the booths collecting the free giveaways. We stuff our free tote bags with trinkets and trash, as it's called, or swag. And then when we get home, we put it to one side, put them in our drawer, or we forget about them. Or worse, they end up in the garbage. Some of the misconception that always had in the industry. So we used to work swag, which actually stands for stuff we all get. So you... <laughs> anticipate that when you go to an event, you get a lot of pants, you get a lot of tote bags. But what I would suggest is it's not about the item per se, it's actually the experience. That's the key difference. You want to be able to take the experience, the perception of your brand and recreate that in a promotional product. What I normally say is you want to give them something that they would not buy themselves, but if you give it to them with your logo, they'll be happy to use it. That's my guest this week, Swire Ho, the promo guy. He specializes in helping small businesses leave a lasting impression with promotional product. But it's more than that. So I think this is a good way to use promotional item is to create the experience and then you create conversation so people will actually talk about you. Like the real estate agent who uses wine to get the conversation flowing about them without them even being in the room or even having their name or logo on the bottle. When a buyer settles in their house, they're having their housewarming party, they'll invite friends or people from the old neighborhood and also people that they are meeting in the new area. So they break open the wine and then the wine bottle actually does not have the agent's logo. It has the picture of their new home, the new property. So then the agent is creating conversation for people to actually sit down and talk about them. And his name is get mentioned. And obviously, they were talking about their experience. And promotional products can go further and help real estate investors build stronger relationships with tenants, reward good behavior, and even have your tenants become your referral partners on social media. What if the tenant actually took what you sent them on the social media so you just use $10 or whatever that you spend on the gift, and then they actually help you promote your unit. Or if you own a bigger complex, they're actually promoting your building on behalf of you. A lot of marketing dollars can be wasted on things that don't work. But promotional products can be both inexpensive and generate thousands of dollars for years to come if you approach their use the right way. My guest this week, Swire Ho, will share those ideas and the steps you need to take promotional products and have them work for you. All that after the break. This is REI Branded, the podcast all about building your real estate investing personal brand. 
My name is Paul Copcutter. My mission is to help you, the busy real estate investor, stand out from the crowd so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and they can't wait to refer you. Meaning you can build a successful real estate investing business without feeling inauthentic, overwhelmed with marketing, or spending all day doing it. Because marketing is how you get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. But before we begin, if you're a real estate investor looking to build your business and stand out from the crowd, and you don't want to wait for all the knowledge, strategies, and how-tos to be slowly delivered to you via this podcast every week, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. That's the process I've created that has already helped dozens of real estate investors to define and develop their personal brands and build their real estate investing businesses. This audit is a mind-focusing, eye-opening insight addressing key questions like, is your message clear and consistent? Do you stand out as being different? Are you on people's radars and inspiring them enough to reach out and want to know more? The application only takes a few minutes and the link is in the show notes. After you apply, if it seems like I can help you, we'll set up an initial conversation to explain the audit in more detail and answer any questions you have. So if you're a real estate investor who's committed to building your personal brand and business this year, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. The link to apply is in the show notes. Now back to the show. Promotional products can be an item on the marketing budget that can be overspent and wasted. But there are many ways that promotional products can help build your business. My guest this week, Swire Ho, is a promotional products expert. And he tells us a lot more about how we can be using promotional products. Promotional products, I think a lot of people perhaps view that as we all go to those, or we used to go to those conventions and the conferences, and there's lots of swag, as it's called, being handed out or trinkets and trash. What are the important elements around a promotional product that a small business needs to be thinking about rather than just the knee-jerk reaction of buying pens because they think they should? That's a great question. And that's some of the mis- conception that always had in the industry. So we used to work swag, which actually stand for stuff we all get. So you <laughs> anticipate that when you go to a event, you get a lot of pants, you get a lot of tote bag. But what I would suggest is it's not about the item per se, it's actually the experience. For example, Paul, you just mentioned a pen. So if I give you my logo pen, you probably will be nice enough to take it, but then you put it in the drawer somewhere in your place. But for example, if you, let's say you, you're at Starbucks, you ran into your favorite celebrity. Now that celebrity is using that logo pen that someone that gave you from someone else's logo to sign their name on it. How would you do to that pen? I would assume that you would frame that pen or you would tell any story to your friends about that experience. So promotional product, in my view, is not just the item itself. You have to also create the experience. You have to create the emotional connection so that item becomes special for the recipient. And so you mentioned emotional connection, and that's an important element of a brand. It's the reason why somebody will pick one brand over another or typically be an emotional reaction versus resource reaction. Just because you go to Starbucks, I could go to 100 places to get coffee, but Starbucks experience, the emotional connection makes me go to Starbucks. How important is it for somebody, for a real estate investor to pick a promotional product that relates to their brand? And is that possible? What are the kind of things that a real estate investor could look at or think about when it comes to a promotional product? 
Yeah, that, that's an in- interesting question. And the first I would suggest is you have to know your ideal customer really well. Or in, in that case, the buyer, they are, there are many buyers, but every buyers that you come in contact with are unique. How much do you know about them? What kind of hobbies do they have? What kind of things they do? Do they have kids or do they buying a commercial bill? So the more that you could tell about who those clients are, what kind of demographics, what kind of income level, then the better that you can pick a gift that's relevant to them. Again, just being able to relate to them and to create an emotional show that 10 years after they, they someone else has seen that gift, that they can relate the whole story. And hopefully they will mention your name 10 years after. So that's will be a successful promotional product, in my opinion. And any tips on how to find out what those little things about that individual, how do we find that out? Obviously, social media, I'm guessing, is one place, but any other ideas? I'm going old school. You just call them, or if you are available, meet them face-to-face, and you ask them, what are the things that you like? Because a lot of time, what we are doing right now with the help of uh, digital uh, media is we send out survey, we send out uh, automatic bot chat, trying to capture the information. But then as a recipient, I have filled a survey before because they offered me a $10 gift card, right? I just click and that's it, I get, get my gift card. Does it really help on what you're trying to do? What if you really spend, let's say, 15 to 30 minutes, you call each of your clients? Real estate, I don't, I wouldn't assume will be as busy as if you're doing an e-commerce. So I think you do have the time to really get to know each client. Call them, maybe take them out for coffee if they like. Do ask them and sit down and get to know them. So maybe in a sales standpoint, you might pick up things that you could add on or have in, in other opportunities coming from those conversations. So do you have a particular example of a real estate and promotional product use that's kind of a little bit different? Yeah. One thing I would like to share is a realtor um, client of ours, they actually send out six bottles of wine whenever he closed the property. So the purpose for that behind is when a buyer settles in their house, they're having their housewarming party, they'll invite friends or people from the old neighborhood and also people that they are meeting in the new area. So they break open the wine and then the wine bottle actually does not have the agent's logo. It has the picture of their new home, the new property. So then the agent is creating conversation for people to actually sit down and talk about them. And his name is getting mentioned. And obviously they were talking about their experience. Obviously you got to do a good job first, right? (laughs) People talk about their experience. So I think this is a good way to use promotional item is to create the experience and then you create conversation. So people will actually talk about you. The cost is about two to $300, but then you get so many potential buyer, so many new leads that you might get just by opening those conversations about you. I love it. And, and of course, the wine will have to be good as well, because that would be important. But I love the idea because it's not just the real not being over the top, because I find sometimes people push their face, or their company name or their logo too much. And then it becomes the thing that you put in the drawer versus something else. But what I love about the wine example is he not only is he creating conversation, but he's creating conversation in the same market, the same neighborhood where he's just sold a house. So any neighbor that's in the that's been invited to the party that's thinking either or neighbor or friend who maybe wants to move to the area or neighbor who's thinking of moving out immediately has that referral point 
with that realtor based on a bottle of wine with a label. I love that idea. What about free resources? Is there anything that small businesses can use for free that help them get their name out there or promotional wine? I think if you are, if you want to, don't want to spend too much and you do want it to get the name out there, maybe you just buy one. You have a drawing. So you once you identify the goal, are you trying to capture more leads? Are you trying to brew on the for, for your brand? So if you can answer those questions, then you could provide campaigns that you only need one. We all have done things that we normally would have done by people offering a $10 gift card, right? Or maybe something that you know that if people are responding to the ads or to the campaign, that you can move them to your sales funnel. So there are a lot of people out there. And then I think I have to mention that you have to realize that not everyone can be your client, especially for the real estate industry. If I'm not looking for purchasing a home, then I'm not. So do my throw money in marketing and send it to my home. But if I'm not ready, I'm just not. So what if there are ways that you know you could actually find all the people that are already in the market or about to move on for the search? If you're able to reach those demographics, wouldn't it be better for what you're trying to do? You've just underlined a really good point. What is the goal first? What is it you're trying to achieve before you even make a decision around what you're going to do or what kind of promotional product you might end up using is get very clear. Otherwise, those marketing dollars, as you rightly point out, could be wasted or just spent in the wrong direction. And then you get frustrated and then you'll say, that never works. And then you'll never try it again. And really, you could have had that, that goal cemented yeah. first. A lot of time, what I see is, for example, a company just redesigned the logo. They're really happy. They're proud. Once you see our logo. But then it's not what we want to buy, it's what the recipient wants to receive. We're not Nike, we're not Lululemon, right? They're, if you're those companies, people are proud to wear your logo. But if you are in the real estate industry or in most of the industry, people don't want an oversized logo of a company that says your phone number on the back. It's just <laughs> difficult, right? So right. unless you're a celebrity, unless you're a famous brand out there, people are just not have the same connection to where someone's phone number on the back. You really have to pay a little bit more attention to what are the connections. Maybe if you're giving an umbrella when it's raining or when you go to a football game and it's raining and you give out a rain poncho. So that is people, they wanted to get it from you immediately. So sometimes it's about timing. Some products are seasonal and then it's just how well do you really know your market? And I'm just thinking of real estate investors for a second. One of the biggest challenges for real estate investors, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same in Los Angeles where you are as it is here in Ontario, is finding and keeping good tenants. There's lots of tenants out there that abuse the system or are not great people to keep in your properties, but there are those A tenants that you want to keep. They pay every month on time. And giving them some kind of recognition for being a loyal tenant would be a good lead-in for some kind of promotional product, potentially. Gift baskets probably are overused. And I always question the value of a gift card. Now, not from a dollar point of view, but does it reinforce the brand or the business? Any thoughts on, on what a real estate investor might do with tenants and whether gift cards make sense or whether you can come up with something that's a little bit more creative or different? Let me give you a recent example. I think it fits on to what you just described. My daughter just signed up with the orthodontist. She's going through uh, doing her braces. And what the orthodontists have done so well is 
uh, they create a point system. So every time if we show up to the appointment on time, we get, I think, five points. And then every time that we she brush our teeth and do all the requirements very nicely, I think she got 10 points. So at a certain point, you got this gift, you got this awards. So on the same token for a renter would be if you pay your rent on time for a certain period, and then if you are doing a certain behavior that the investor encouraged, then you set up a point system. We all like to win. You know, even that it's a small gift and we just wanted to win, even if just a $10 gift card. And then people actually, we all reported with our cell phone. What if the tenant actually took what you sent them on the social media? So you just use $10 or whatever that you spend on the gift, and then they actually help you promote your unit. Or if you own a bigger complex, they're actually promoting your building on behalf of you. That is a great idea because... I could just see, so you obviously don't get snow in Los Angeles a lot, but up here, we've just had our X number of snowfalls, however many it is now. So one of the things is you have to keep sidewalks clear as a business owner or as a house residential house owner. So that's a big challenge for landlords is if they don't want to pay for the snow clearing company, because one winter you may get no snowfall and the next you get a lot of landlords will pay tenants or expect tenants to do it. But if you could reward them, for that good behavior, which you pointed out. So each time they send you a photo of the snow being cleared, you check it off and say, okay, that's 50 points. And then they go and select their gift from a range of gifts. or And then they have more, more say in what you give them versus you're giving them a gift basket and it turns out they've got gluten allergies or they've, they're vegetarian and you've sent them a meat packet or something. Right. But- good idea, Paul. I love that we're now brainstorming for ideas now. <laughs> so what if the tenants are okay with when they send you their picture, you post it on social media, right? right. So now you have more content. So look at this tenant. It's, we love them because that's how they are able to clean up the snow for the driver. Then you're kind of urging. You, you're showing model behavior. This is what we want to look like. And this is how we award them. And this is how we work together with our tenants. So you're actually promoting and people look at, oh, really, they do care about each other. They're working together. This looks like a good place that I want to be. Maybe I want to call their management company to see if there are other properties available. So I think, yeah, we are under something here. Okay. We'll start launching it. That'll be uh, that'll be the next thing you can do. Hi, you're joining us from Los Angeles. And at the time we're recording this, the Super Bowl has just happened. LA Rams winning against the Cincinnati Bengals. Unfortunately, I was in a Bengals house for the game. So it was, a, it was not such a happy house, but you may have seen more joy in Los Angeles. One thing that kind of struck me around promotional products, and particularly in games like that where they're the Super Bowl champions, even before the reporters are on the field to interview the players, the merchandise, the promotional product is getting put on, the hats are put on, the shirts are put on. That has to be all pre-made, and it's pre-made for both teams. So what happens to the promotional products that the Bengals would have had if they'd won? Because I'm assuming that can't be sold on, but tell me, do you know what happens to it? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I actually wonder about that myself a few years ago because I know all the back-end production, how it needs to be happened. You can't be that fast, right? So yes, they are pre-made. And actually, all the Cincinnati fans, if you actually go to another country, you might actually see those merchandise. There's actually non-profit, and this year it's called Good360. They actually will collect all the merchandise from the Cincinnati Bengals 
And then they would distribute them to other nonprofits in third world country, some Southeast Asia country that actually needs your clothing for some of the people there. So they're actually being put to good use, I would say. That's a wonderful story to hear. That those would become almost collector items as well, if you could find one. Or yeah, somewhere it would be World Cup, some other team that I've won that you'll see in other countries. So I imagine maybe someday I'll go on a vacation and see a completely different team won the World Cup. Something I noticed you talk about is power partners. What do you mean by that? And what's the concept? The power partner is other like-minded individual that can serve the same demographics but we don't compete with each other. For example, in my industry will be graphic designer, some marketing agency, and obviously in the real estate sector will be a realtor, escrow officer, a mortgage lender, or even a property manager. They all serve the same type of people, but then in some ways they are connected with each other. They need each other, right? So if you can always on the lookout for each other, because a property manager, as you can refer to a lot of different trade services, when people want to buy or sell, they will probably be the first one to know. So what if you have, the, you have a few different property manager as your power partner? So the conversation that you can get as an investor is so much higher than if you are just going out by finding the deals yourself. And do you have some suggestions or tips around identifying the right kind of power partners from a networking perspective, or how do you find those people? I think it's just something that someone that you have to be comfortable working with, something that someone that you think you can trust, because if you cannot develop trust in your partner, then you shouldn't partner with that same person or company. So I think do reach out and then it's easy for us, even in uh, two different countries, we can hop on Zoom. So there's no way that you shouldn't reach out to your power partner. The more, again, to know about your partner, then the better relationship. And the more that you know about each other, maybe there's a niche that you want, you are in your real estate journey. Maybe there are something special and unique your partner is doing. So by finding out what they're actually good at doing, then you can really help out each other. And you, I know you're a passionate member of Chambers of Commerce. Do you find that Chambers of Commerce work for certain? I could see it working for your business for promotional products. What are the other benefits of joining a local chamber, even if you're a real estate investor? So, I learned about the local policy changes because I belong to the Los Angeles area chamber of commerce. So it's like a regional chamber. They do invite speakers from the city level or even the state level to speak about the changing politics. And then I also learn about uh, early on because Los Angeles will be hosting the Olympic Games in 2028. So then I could be involved and get to know the early opportunity of what's going to happen within my area. So then other times when their client, they're trying to do similar things in the city, I want to be the resource and the first call that they do whenever they have problem. I don't mind getting calls from my clients daily. And then I'll encourage everyone to think about, can you be the resource for your client when your client has any question, are you the first person that they will call? That's my intention. And I think by positioning myself in the Chamber of Commerce, I could I could try to be the first call that people make. For commercial real estate investors, it makes some sense, but I'm just thinking of the residential who's doing short-term rentals like Airbnb. Cities can change zoning or mm-hmm. they can change or introduce a license fee. And if at least if you're involved with the Chamber, then you've got that opportunity to either 
help to influence policy or at least be aware if things are changing, that you're going to have be made more aware of it more quickly. So that can make a ton of sense. Yeah, you can actually see opportunities too, because LA is keep on building the infrastructure. What if you find out that they're building a rail station in a new and up and coming area? So you could get in better than the other people. I still find very interesting. Every time I go to a different meeting, I learn something new. I would encourage if you haven't been, go to a Chamber of Commerce meeting, especially go to a meeting that you thought that nothing about that topic. You might meet new friends, you get a different perspective and also find out you know, there might be power partner that is in there that you never thought of. You'll get into that, that immediate circle. And how do you build a referral-based business? What I like to do, I do my follow-up call after that I finish the project. First of all, I will check in with each client after product is received within two weeks, right? Don't You don't check in like six months later. They've already forgot who you are. Are you happy with the product and services? Are there any things that you would like to change about what we do? And you wanted to pay attention and then be willing to listen. So sometimes they will say, oh, okay, we're happy with what you have. Thank you so much. But sometimes they will give you feedback. I wish that you could do something better, or I would rather that you don't do that. So if you're able to change on something that they point out, so you get actually a very loyal customer. Because now, in nowadays, when we, whenever we call a big company, they have a good script, right? They will say something really nice, but we know that they will never change. But what if you point out something and then the company change? because you mentioned it. So how would you value your relationship with that company? And once I know that they're happy with the product, and I'll ask them, do you happen to know a family, a colleague, or a friend that might be able to use our services? And then that's how I'm getting my referral. If each client that we finish, we can get maybe one to two referrals, then that's how you build on to referral marketing. And all it takes is just your time and then a phone call to check in to make sure that first they're happy, and then you ask for referrals. What would you say to people that feel that they don't feel comfortable doing it? Because probably fear of rejection might be one of the things, but any tips or suggestions as to how to overcome that reluctance to ask for referrals? I think it gets better. It's just a question. If you accept that the worst they could say is, I don't have one, right? right? So that's the worst that can happen. Or even like the ultimate, maybe they hang up. So that's one person. There are many clients out there. But then think about this. If you don't maintain that relationship with your current client, somebody else might develop a relationship with your client. Would you rather to hang on to all your client and make them become repeat clients? Or do you want to go out every day and spend money to find and acquire a new client? For me, if I'm able to keep all the clients that I have, then that's how you can grow your business. I, I like your point as well you made earlier about the referral is you're going to it from a point of how can I improve? How can I, is there something we could do better? Were you happy with what you got versus with the mindset of just asking for a referral? So I think that the subtle difference, if you go into it thinking I'm just asking for business, then you may not approach it with the same, in the same way than you will if you're there to learn from that client. Are they happy? What could you do better next time? Because companies spend a lot of money doing that with surveys, with digital marketing campaign, very elaborate things that they do. But maybe it's time that we also call the client because we still value the human interaction. And then we really have something that in our chest that we have to say it just to get it out. Then if you are ready to listen and be able to you know, make the changes, then people see it as a form of 
wow, they really valuing our input. They really wanted to be better. That's how you could keep a loyal client. Because if I'm not happy, you're not doing anything about it, and you just send me a survey, I'll delete it. The worst thing that people would do, would you rather to review you in a positive way or in a negative way? If you have a happy customer, they might not tell anybody about you. But then if you are really unhappy customer, I'm sure that nowadays with this phone, with all the review sites that are available, I can at least go to 10 different sites and write reviews about my opinion. Which way would you rather want to be? Do you think that spending 20 minutes with a client is worth the finding out that they're not actually not happy? Then you can actually fix it. That's a great point. The internet is a leveler for everybody. <laughs> But in a good way and a bad way, unfortunately. Something that it kind of occurs to me as well is what's the value of somebody with a business having their own logo, power shirt, hat, or whatever? What are the benefits from doing something like that? Human apparel is very important, especially in the real estate industry where we're always battling for the eyeball. Realtors like to put their picture on it. If you go to other industry, I probably don't see their pictures as many as in the real estate industry. And then by you know, putting your apparel there, you're keeping a top mind. And then also when we interact with people in the real estate industry, there's a lot of face interaction. And then especially if you're a realtor, the buyer or the potential seller might talk to a few different realtors to come to a decision to one. What if you could present yourself better? We always want to look good. Realtor is one of the group that they always dress nice. They have a mm -hmm. nice, clean car. They always dress professional. So if you dress as a team, then people will actually be, it's a very subtle thing, right? You, if you have uniform, if you're a nice looking polo, what if you walk in with a more clean, nice looking polo than your competitor who might be wearing the same polo for the last five days? How would your client feel about that? So I think that's something really subtle, but then we are being judged on our how we present ourselves. Any recommendations as a kind of follow-up promotional product? Is there something that somebody can have that works well as a leave piece that kind of reinforces the brand and, again, keeps you front, top of mind? You have to know the audience and who they are. Once you identify, what I normally say is, you want to give them something that they would not buy themselves, but if you give it to them with your logo, they'll be happy to use it. That's, for example, can be seasoned when if, whenever that's rain, you could do umbrella or when you know that you're going to, let's say, a football game, or you're targeting the neighborhood's mom, the new parents that move in. So there are something different that they could respond to. There's not really one size fits all, but then once you identify the target, and think about, you don't need to give it to everybody. So obviously, if you're a real estate professional, you are going into deeper focus on maybe just the zip code or the area that you are targeting. And what are the common for this type of people in the area. So the more that you could tell about who they are, the better that you could pick out a gift that is relevant to what they're trying to do. Very good point. I mentioned to you when we were talking earlier that I actually had the pleasure of speaking at the PPAI conference in Las Vegas. And for people listening, the PPAI is the Professional Association for Promotional Products. And I asked the audience that particular year, I said, how many of you are promoting as your number one product, the flash drives? Because flash drives at the time were like the thing to give. And there was, I don't know how many hundred in the room and nearly everybody put their hand up. And then they all looked at each other and thought, oh, we're all promoting the same thing. In terms of promotional product, is there something right now that's kind of very hot and is, is something people could keep in mind? Or is there something year in, year out, always leaves a 
the right impression for a good wide range of potential clients? I think what I see the industry is moving right now is we are moving to a virtual world, If you even if you like it or not. But then we're still trying to find that missing human connection, right? We still want to be contacted. We still wanted to see our friends. But depending on where you are, you might or might not have the chances just yet. So a lot of clients do come to us with the question in mind, how do we build better teamwork? Now, all of our team are working remotely. Or we're not able to see our client face-to-face, but we do want it to make them feel like they're valued. So I think the next trend that I'm seeing is a connection for them in terms of a box set, a, a, a kit that you can really sending them to them as a care package. So mm-hmm. it, this can be an employees or being a client, then you really do craft out the journey. So then when you have your team huddle, then everyone can bring out that box and then still having their team meeting like they're in person. So things that along that from the client input will be building better teamwork and also how we could create a better, unique experience for a new customer and clients. And that's a good underlying point as well. It's not just for external promotional products. It can be used as an internal motivator or engagement or team building type of exercise. I think that's a very good point to, to make for people. A couple of questions I do like to ask my guests on the show. What's your favorite personal brand or brand and why? I'm going to be selfish here. I think the best personal brand will be me and it's an ongoing process. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. But then if I don't say that, then I'm really not standing by the personal brand, right? Right. Okay. I love that. That's a, nobody's ever said that to me. That's a great one. A recommended business book or podcast? I thought about that. I looked at your question too. I think going to what I've read over the year, I think How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is one of the book that I have because he has everything. Nice. I like it. And do you have a favorite quote? Do more with less. I always wanted to try to do, there are a lot of things that I want to do, but then I only have so little time and I have two kids, right? I have a business to do and there's really so many things I do. But I think with technology, I'm now able to clone myself at least five times, right? All the calendar setting, all the CRM that I do. So I always want to try to be better and how I could do more with less. Okay. And how can people get hold of you, Swai? What's the best place to reach you and find out more about what you do and how you can help people? Thank you, Paul. So my personal brand, I name myself the promo guy. So if you actually Google Swireho hashtag the promo guy, you'll see a lot of things that I do. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. Happy to reach out to you. And I'll also email Paul with a resource link that if you're thinking about getting into promotional product, or if you have any question of why I should a promotional product, happy to share some resources with you. And then if you wanted to talk business, our website is garudapromo.com. Great. Wonderful. Yeah, we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. And uh, thank you very much, Swai. We, we came up with a couple of great ideas, I think, particularly around the tenant point system. I think that's that could be a winner. So we'll, I'll keep an eye out for your launching that. Thank you, Paul. Okay. Have a fantastic day, Swai. Thank you. What promotional product will make sense and not just represent your personal brand, but also be one that your prospects and clients will want to use? Will it start conversations with others or be something they will share on social media? Spend some time now thinking about that product, or better yet, take Swire's advice and call a few clients and ask them. This could be the most profitable few hours you spend on your business this year. Have yourself a brandtastic day. 
Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.